0: Turning uh, this evening uh, to 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 8 and verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. My friends, we're just going to look at this one uh, single verse uh, this evening and my subject is the greatest rescue mission ever, the greatest rescue mission that there has ever been in time. But I'm sure, like me, you've been following the news and uh, watching that uh, attempt that was made to recover that submersible that disappeared disappeared in the ocean. Uh, There they were on a diving mission to see the wreckage of the Titanic, And uh, all lines of communication were lost. It appears pretty early on, just about an hour and a half after they'd gone down. And as soon as that had happened, well, it it set in motion a very frantic search uh, for the craft. Desperate search was launched uh, for that vessel. Time was of the essence to save those five souls on board. They had a limited supply of oxygen, as you know. 40 hours, we heard initially, at the beginning of the search, and then gradually going down, of course, 20 hours, 10 hours, until it had run out. And, of course, it was an extremely dangerous mission. They had trouble, as you know, locating even the the wreckage or the submersible. And uh, if if they did find it, well, it would have been an extremely dangerous rescue operation. The depth of that ocean... 13,000 feet, well how, how, how high is that? You think of the shard, uh, 1,000 feet and you multiply by 13, that's how, how, uh, how, de- how great the depth of that uh, ocean was where this vessel was, uh, was, fl- was, was in. And every effort we know was made to rescue the five trapped and helpless men. They could do nothing. Sadly, they could do nothing. Everything was out of their control. They were helpless. They were really at the beck and the help of those above them, desperate for those uh, people to do something to save them. All kinds of sophisticated machinery, electronics equipment was utilized. But sadly, as we found out, all to no avail. You know the end of the story. The submersive, they tell us, had suffered... Probably quite early on, a catastrophic implosion, and all five men lost their lives. None were saved. The rescue mission, well, never really got off, uh, never really had a chance to get off. Well, friends, as I was following this news story, I couldn't help but think of another rescue mission uh, that took place. And that was God's rescue mission uh, that he put in place to save fallen helpless sinners like ourselves we were in a very similar position more helpless even than they were they were at least could bang as it were uh, on that tank and make some noise but we were even less uh, in a less helpless position than there than they perishing sinners poor and needy that was our condition who will help us who will come to our rescue who will save us Here we are. We were trapped under God's judgment, a judgment that we deserved because of our sins. And I cannot do anything to escape that judgment. How can I escape I cannot do anything. Eternity looms before me. I'm on the brink of eternal punishment. And I'm helpless. There's nothing I can do to save myself, to change my destination, to change my course. Of life, I cannot get myself to uh, rescue myself and get to heaven. Is there any hope uh, for me? Is there any hope who can save me? I'm cut off from God, I'm cut off from His blessing. There's no line of communication between God and myself. Can is there any hope? Can it? I cannot restore by my own self that line of communication. I'm helpless uh, in doing, doing that. I'm at God's uh, mercy. Where is there hope, friends? Is there any rescue attempt that is being made? Is there any rescue plan that is in place to save sinners in this condition like you and me? Yes, there is. Yes, it's happened. There is hope for us. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ. He came from heaven, sent by God the Father, and He came on a mission it was a rescue mission to rescue fallen, helpless sinners, to bring them out of their, uh, their state and to bring them into heaven at last with himself, to save all those who trust in him, to save them uh, from their sins, to save them from judgment, to rescue them from hell as only he could do, and to bring them uh, safely to heaven, to bring us back to God, and to restore those lines of communication between us and God. We have it here, I think, in, these verses, in this verse. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Well, let's look at that uh, mission uh, of Christ this evening a little, in a little while. But before we look at the rescue mission itself, we need to think about those people who need rescuing. We need to consider that the kind of people who Christ came to save and to rescue and to enrich, as we read here. Of course, it's talking about spiritual enrichment. Dear friends, before we come to Christ, we are poor people spiritually. We are spiritually Destitute. We are spiritually impoverished. We are spiritually needy people before we come to the Savior. There are things we don't have. We don't have contact with God. We don't have a friend in heaven to help us. We don't have someone we can turn to when we're in trouble. We don't have a guide in our life. We don't have somebody who is higher than than us to lead us and guide us in the right way. There is no spiritual life. We don't have any spiritual life really uh, to us. There's no spiritual side to us. We're so lopsided. We're only lean towards the things of this earth and the things of time. We have no power to overcome our lusts. They seem to control us, and we can't do anything about it. And then we are in debt. We're poor because we're in debt to God. And we are in debt to Him in this way. We owe Him. We owe God our worship. We owe God our obedience. He is our Creator. We ought to submit to Him and serve Him willingly and gladly, but we fail to do that. We owe Him our love. He blesses us in so many ways, but we make no returns to Him. We owe Him our gratitude for all the gifts that He loads our lives with, but our mouths are shut and we won't give Him thanks and we attribute it to our own hands. Oh, friends, so many things that we fail to do. We fail to give to God what is due unto Him, so we are in His debt. You know, you may be well-off, friend, uh, in terms of material things. You may be rich, In this world, you may have a lot of things. You may have a lovely house. You may have a lovely many houses. You may have a nice car. You may have a good job. You may be successful. You may have many possessions in this world in terms of material things. You may be a successful person, but if you don't have Christ, in God's eyes, you're a poor person still. You're an impoverished person. On the other hand, you may be poor, in terms of material things. And maybe you struggle from day to day, and maybe you have uh, difficulty putting food on the table. Maybe you have to watch how much energy that you're using in your home because those prices have gone up and you can't afford uh, to keep it on the whole day, the heating. You can't afford to treat yourself to a, a meal out or something. You have to watch every penny. Maybe you even have to pick up the pennies you see on the streets. Is that bad? friends, even you, if you have not Christ, even as a poor person, well, friends, you're in a doubly worse position because you don't have material things and you don't have a Christ as well. Oh, how poor we are before we come to Christ. Poor in spiritual strength, desperately poor in righteousness. We have no righteousness of our own. We think we have we offer to God our works, and we think that he will accept them, but he rejects them as filthy, stinky garments, reprehensible in his sight. You know, it said that those who are most distraught, the people who are really affected by their poverty, are those who once were rich, those who once were well-off, and now through some circumstance in their life, they now uh, come into a poor condition. Well, they tend to feel it more, they say. for persons person's been poor all their life, it's, it's quite sad, really, to say, but they're sort of kind of used to their poverty. They're used to that kind of way of life. They haven't known anything better but a person who's had it all. Well, money's been water to them, and it's been easy life for them, and suddenly they lose everything, and they're brought into a state of poverty, while well, they feel the pain of their situation more deeply. You know, we've gotten used to our position as spiritual, po- po- impoverished people, spiritually poor people. We've gotten used to a life without God. We've gotten used to a, a life without a spiritual side to us. We've gotten used to a life without worshipping God. If only we knew what we were really like before. When God first made man and woman, it was so different. They were spiritually rich. They had a relationship with God. They had access to God. They enjoyed such peace with God. They enjoyed such happiness with with God. There was such a joy that filled their lives. They were thrilled with all, all that they had from the Lord. There was such honor and dignity in their lives. They were in such an elevated position, but when sin came in, they fell. And sin ruined everything and brought us into this miserable state which we've gotten used to. And we've gotten used to a life in this way, but if only we knew, if only you knew what life was like and what God initially intended for us. It's not like this, friends. It's not to live a life without God, without close, personal fellowship with him, and just living for the things of time. That's not the kind of life he intended for us. But a much happier one, a much fuller one uh, with his blessing. Well, what is that rescue plan that he put in place? Well, it's here uh, in uh, this uh, verse, uh, We read it again, You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became uh, poor. God saw us in in that impoverished state and God took pity upon us. He felt for us. He felt compassion and pity for us and he determined to do something about it, determined to bring us out of our spiritual impoverishment and to enrich our lives in a much better way. How will he do that? How is he going to go about achieving this plan? What's he going to do? He's going to send his uh, only begotten son uh, into this world, and his son is going to have to suffer and die uh, for sins, and in this way, uh, through Christ coming and uh, making himself uh, lower than the angels and living even that life, that humble life amongst us, and then dying on the cross. He would uh, achieve that goal to rescue his people. The grace of Christ, friends, that's the kindness of Christ. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness. Christ is good. The love that is in Christ's heart is a love like no other. It's It's far above the human love. It's far above any love that we may have for one another, the love of Jesus Christ that expressed himself in this action of leaving heaven and coming into this world, taking upon himself a human body, coming as a man and allowing his deity, as it were, still retaining his deity, still retaining all those divine attributes uh, in himself, but they were hidden, they were covered. People couldn't see. People didn't recognize him for who he was, and he he lowered himself to some uh, to that to that position. People didn't know. Most people didn't know that he was a glorious person, that he was that he was the Son of God in human flesh, living and walking amongst them. They didn't recognize him as such. In heaven, he was worshipped, but when he was here on earth, we esteemed him not. Well, friends, he was rich. Uh, though, though he was rich, yet for your sakes uh, he became poor. Rich, not in material things, but rich in so many other ways, so many higher ways. He was, as we said, the Son of God, equal with God. All power was at his fingertips. There's nothing in heaven that he couldn't do. All the angels, oh, they just bowed down before him. They fell down before him. They thought he was marvelous. They thought he was all glorious. They thought there was no one like him. And they took their orders from him. They saw him, this is our king. We will do as he tells us to do. We will obey his commandments Uh, immediately, instantly. Whatever he tells us to do, we will rush to do it. They respected him. With all, we could say, their hearts, they sang praises to him. They loved the Son of God. Even the angels, they heartily sang, uh, even then I'm sure, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. They were with him when He made and created this world, and they marveled at his work and his handiwork and his power. They acknowledged him as the great king, majestic and holy. They saw how rich he was in these things, even the angels, and they revered the Son of God. How stunned then, friends, they must have been, those angels, when they heard the news that the Son of God was going to leave heaven, that he was going to leave heaven and uh, come to earth as a man. To rescue man, he was going to humble himself even lower than their very own position and become a man in order to rescue them. That he was going to come in the, in the garb of our humanity and that he was to leave behind uh, heaven and all its glory, all out of love for sinners. They marveled when they heard these things. This was what he was going to do for them, for his enemies, our oh, friends, Christ, equal with God, was in this world. When he came into this world, we read, uh, also, yet for your sakes he became uh, poor. He left, as it were, heaven behind him, and the glory that he had there he left behind him. In heaven he had, as you said, all power was in his hands, but in this world it appeared as if he was a powerless person. He seemed poor in power, he seemed weak, in himself. He wasn't. Because we see demonstrations of his power, uh, even in the miracles, and even but he seemed and appeared like a powerless person. People, men, were able to mishandle him and, and rough him up. And he did not, he didn't fight back, and he didn't answer back when he could very easily have destroyed them with a word. He didn't use his power. In heaven, he could so freely use his power to do what he, choo- he chose but in heaven in, when he was walking in this world he never once used it for his own benefit and for his own to provide for his own needs he was a king in heaven but on earth he was a servant he walked this earth as a servant oh friends we sing that song uh, thou who was rich beyond all splendor all oh, for love's sake, became us poor. That's what Christ did when he left behind uh, heaven and uh, took that humble position. But the angels, I'm sure, well, they must have been even further astounded, awe-stricken, astonished when they saw their king not living as a king in this world, but living in abject poverty. The Son of God, the one who owned everything, uh, living in a poor condition. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor. Poor even in this life. Born in a manger, born to a poor family, raised by a poor family. He had no home of his own, we read. Not even a rented one. He had, no, he had to use other people's boats to cross the lake. He was dependent on the women to minister to his wants, to provide food for him. In heaven, he was dependent on no one. He provided for everyone. But now on earth, he's dependent on other people to provide for him. He has no wardrobe of clothing. What shall I wear today? Oh, today's Monday, I'll wear this. Today's Tuesday, I'll wear this. He had nothing of the sort. He only had one garment. When he was crucified, that's all the clothing that he had. I'm sure he had only one pair of sandals. He was a poor person. He had no possessions, no farms, no lands that belonged to his name, nothing. Penniless even, you could say. And these angels are astounded to see the Son of God taking such a position. And they observed him becoming man's representative, our representative, and submitting himself to poverty and humiliation Instead of praise, he was abused, he was spat upon, he was beaten, he was whipped, and he was crucified uh, as as if he were a criminal. And they were astounded by these things. Crucified to take away the sins of all who will trust in him. Crucified to make an atonement for people's sins taking upon themselves upon himself that punishment that was due unto them he was willing to go all the way to the cross and to suffer the shame and the indignity of it all in order that he may bear the wrath of god that was due to them and put away sin by the sacrifice of himself oh this is how low the, the son of god went why did he do it? Why did Christ leave heaven's glory? Why, did, why stoop so low, Lord? Why impoverish yourself? For your sakes, we read here. For your sakes, for the sakes of all who would believe in him. To lift them out Of their spiritual poverty to enrich them in a spiritual way this is what christ came to do friends i've only got such a limited time to tell you these things and i've just got a limited amount of words i wish i could express these things better to you so that you could see the great height that christ was in and the great depth that he condescended to in order to save and rescue sinners I wish I could make it more plain to you, but he came into this world to rescue us from our condition, to bring us back to God, to enrich our lives with spiritual possessions, with spiritual things. Oh, friends, do you have, do you you own these things? This is what Christ will do for you if you believe in him. He will uh, enrich you with a new life, with spiritual life, with communion with God with insight into the word of god he will enrich your life with faith real faith in god he will enrich your life with hope a hope of heaven a hope that uh, for the future he will enrich you with a higher kind of love than you know he will make you enrich your life make you a better person than what you are and can never be by your own self improvement he will change you Uh, for for the better he will make you instrumental in so many ways or he will enrich you with forgiveness do you have is this one of your spiritual possessions the forgiveness of all your sins do you know that heaven oh that's a uh, that's a possession so much worth having this is what christ came to enrich us with friends these are treasures that money cannot buy Christ gives them freely to all who come to him and trust in him. Well, how is it with, with us, friends? How is it with, it with you spiritually, may I ask this evening? Examine your accounts. Are you spiritually well off? Where, Which what position are you in? I'm not interested in how much money you have in the bank or how, how many material possessions you have. That's your own business. But do you have the Lord's blessing on your life. You know there are many who are poor, and they strive. They know they want to get out of that situ- their situation, and they strive as hard as they can to escape from it. Surely, friends, you you desire also to escape out of your spiritual impoverishment. Surely, you desire to be lifted up out of it, to be in a better place than you are uh, even now. Surely, you you see. Oh Lord, I I am poor, I am wretched, I am blind, I don't have these uh, blessings from you. Lord, change me. Lord, enrich me. Oh friends, this is what Christ came to do through his death. If he came to enrich us, but only, only if we turn to him. If we don't turn to him, well, he can never bless us. But if we turn to him, then he will turn to him, friends, turn today, turn to him in repentance, turn to him, yielding your life over to him, and he will surely bless you. Take these words with you, Jesus, I will trust thee, trust thee with my soul, guilty, lost, and helpless, thou canst make me whole, and he will hear your prayer, and he will bless you more than tongue can tell, You'll be so amazed, you'll be so surprised. I didn't know how wonderful the Christian life was, you'll say. I didn't know it was this good, really. Yes, there are troubles, yes, it's not all plain sailing, but you really will not uh, realize until after you're a believer just how wonderful it is to be a a true believer. Well, may the Lord bless us in these things. Let's pray uh, together. O Father, help us, we pray, to grasp some of these things that are mentioned to us uh, this evening. O Lord, help us, we pray, and work in our hearts by your Spirit, and grant us conversion unto you. Grant that even today we may turn to you and desire above all things that you would forgive us and receive us and enrich us with your blessings. We look to you for these things in our Saviour's name. Amen. Amen. We close by singing our final hymn, number 372, Jesus, Lover of My Soul, 372.